welcome to Burning for Marriage podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Burning for Marriage podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Christina. And we're the sages. Addiction couldn't keep us down. Being high school sweethearts couldn't keep us down. Small town perfectionism. There was no strongholds too strong for God. We are so excited to share how God has really transformed our marriage and how he's continuously transforming and refining our hearts as both husband and wife. Tune in for Burning for Marriage podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Burning for Marriage podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Christina. And we're the sages. Amen, amen. So let's just jump into our testimony, guys. We have been married for four years, going on our fourth year, and we actually met in high school. We were high school sweethearts, met when we were 14 years old, guys. Do you remember how many years? Okay, why you gotta put me on the spot now that we're recording? 13 years. It's going to be, yep, it's going to be 13 Woo! years. Okay, okay. I was like, oh man, I'm it's always... Gonna, it'll be 13 years in May. Yep. So we met We met in high school, ninth grade in yep. band. I will just like to point out that I was first chair. Uh, I think that point is unvalid for this topic. But it was in our I'll, notes, so fine. it must have been important. You type the notes. <laughs> okay, yeah. wow, okay. just call me out. So we both played the alto saxophone in band. That's how we yeah. met. And we uh, were just, honestly, just to be real, we were a toxic couple on and off, yeah. breaking up, getting back together in high school. Um, thought it was, we, we definitely were experiencing puppy love. We yeah. weren't deeply in love. Um yeah. Do you have any other points there? Nothing significantly. Yeah, no, just kind of that you had that infatuation, but you didn't spend enough time with that to really kind of wear off necessarily. Or it was just the, you know, oh, the, you know, we just thought we were just meant to be. And yep. every day we just felt we had to, you know, be that perfect relationship. And people would be like, oh, you're such a great couple. And yeah, so that and was just what we tried to yes. live up to. Yes, we definitely, me more so, I, I think you too, you as well. But yeah. we were very concerned about our image and the way that we looked. Um, and so to the outside looking in, we looked we, like Ryan said, we looked very cute, put together. Yeah. Uh, we are from a small town, and so that small town, we thought, well, you know, we have already made it to four years. We got to go to five years and six yeah. years. Everyone's rooting for us. When, Might as well get married at this point, yeah. Yeah, and being from a small town, that's kind of what everyone kind of set us up for. Yeah. So, you know, you go if you're dating in high school, you make it out of high school, then the next step is engagement, and then after that, marriage, and yeah. That is just kind of more so of the norm here. And unfortunately, though it is, you know, a really great thing to find someone so young, we also didn't know who we were at this point. And we decided to just jump off into college. That's the the downside of meeting so young and dating so young is you're not a full adult that actually knows themselves and have spent enough time thinking about that, that you're kind of figuring out as you go and uh, yeah we had a lot of those things come up in college because we both attended the same college together mm-hmm. and uh, which you know we thought would be great and we'd be able to still be around each other and uh, you know that was when as a, entering that adult age kind of just started experiencing different things uh, yep. personally as well as in our relationship just kind of being that di- different atmosphere um, that not so scheduled high school life of kind of yeah you could be around each other you kind of had a lot more of that freedom of what you decided to do with your time yeah and we definitely though I like to point the finger at at Ryan and said that he was more so living like 
living that single life, even though we were in a relationship, I honestly was as well. Like I was more, I was, I prioritized my needs, my wants before Ryan's and I expected him to meet those needs. And Mm -hmm. because I, I really was just thinking of me, myself and I, and that's obviously not a healthy way to set up, especially if we were thinking of engagement, it was not a healthy thing to yeah, kind of introduce that but definitely and as well as you know and I, I I was in that same mindset as well of just thinking of uh you know prioritizing myself and you know things I wanted to do and uh just kind of that me 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 situation and um you didn't have that sacrificial I'm willing to give up for this person it was kind of the I want to do things for them as long as it fits within my schedule my, my, my schedule and my desires as yeah. well yeah yeah and so College, we ended up, after a few years of college, Ryan actually ended up leaving college, and then I was there, and during this season, I kind of grew more selfish, and I was more focused on, um, I kind of, like, jumped into, like, the whole fitness world and, like, being very consumed in the way I looked, Mm -hmm. and though that was, you know, health is great, but it was, it was, like, I would spend, like, hours at the gym, um, numerous times. Yeah. yeah, numerous times a day. And it was, I was not prioritizing, you know, like really seeding into my relationship, especially because I was thinking, well, we're going to get engaged because that's the next thing that we do. And yeah. so, and, and for me in this time is because I left school and so I uh, stayed back with my parents and we were only a half hour away, but still enough of a way that, you know, yeah. kind of felt alone. Um, just had moments of, you know, I was just working and I was just by myself a lot of times. So there's just a lot of times I was just kind of, in my own thoughts, kind of in this dark cloud. And it wasn't like I had daily, uh, you know, get togethers with Christina to really get me out of that. And I just kind of dwelled in them. And it was just a really dark place of just kind of uh, not really having a sense of what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go or what I felt called to do. And instead of like walking alongside Ryan in that and helping him like navigate that or just process that, I was... I was more so thinking of like our image and that kind of just like thinking about it now and reflecting on it makes me, it makes me sad because I, you know, everything does happen for a reason. And yeah. in that moment like that, I had a lot of growing to do. Um, it, but I, what I, I was more so focused on Ryan's image and the way that we looked and how we were supposed to get engaged in the timeline of engagement. And I just was thinking of like, you know, what will people think if he's out of school when it's a very normal thing to mm-hmm. feel that shift, especially just jumping into school right away and not really knowing what you want to do. That is okay yeah. to take that season and that time. And because I had this timeline in my, I, and it was not working with my timeline, it just freaked me out. Yeah. And instead of like coming alongside my man and encouraging him, I was putting him down. I was like telling him like, you need to be, you know, doing this, this and this. Meanwhile, he's working yeah. 40 plus hours a week. And I, I, st- I got like a, a factory job um, in our town because I just wanted to uh, at least be working if I knew I wasn't in school. But it was just very hard because, yeah, we had that pressure of feeling like, well, society says we got to go to school and get married and things like that, and that that was your pathway to success. And so it just, there was a lot of pressure of that because I wasn't in that, that I felt like I wasn't successful, that I, you know, we wouldn't be able to get to where we wanted to be unless I had a degree or unless I um, got through it at like the same timeline as, as her. So we were just kind of in that pressure situation of um, kind of one was in school, I was not. 
and just kind of navigating those waters. Yep. So eventually we ended up getting engaged. Mm -hmm. And though we had all these red flags of why not to, we definitely were not ready. And But again, like when you when you are relying not on what God is calling you to do. Yeah. Um, and we were, though though we had separate relationships and different relationships, like I, at this point in time, my faith journey, my faith walk, I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. Yeah. I thought I knew the Lord. I was hungry for the Lord, but I still was very, very selfish. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw, I thought my faith in the way that I found my faith was how everyone else needed to. And then I had high priorities of Ryan. So, because of that, you know, we we definitely probably got engaged not as soon as we need we should have, and right, um, we, sooner than we should have. A lot sooner. I know that our our purpose was to meet each other and get married, but you know, it was definitely we tried to we put it in our own hands. Yeah, and and yeah, because for me at that time, like I wasn't, um, I didn't really have a spiritual path of where I thought I was because I. In that dark time for me, I didn't really have a connection with God. I didn't really feel like uh, purpose from it. And so it was just hard for me to be engaged in that. And even though I knew Christina was very clear and vocal that she wanted um, as a husband, just that yeah. you know, have a relationship with God. Yeah, I had high God. expectations. We, yeah, we, we, that, that was something that she wanted in a marriage and everything. And so, and, and there was a part of me when we got engaged that, you know, because I was still struggling with that part of trying to connect with God at all, that I just figured like, you know, we'll just get past that. That's just a hurdle. And so that was kind of a hindrance for a while is because that, you know, I um, was making no effort to put in a relationship with God. I just thought that that would just be a problem that goes away. And um, and that was just something that kind of blocked us because, you know, she yeah. knew that that's what she wanted in her marriage. And I mean, yeah, that, ultimately, thankful she had that. <laughs> yeah, ultimately, I was chasing for that. And mm-hmm. so I... I was I was expecting him to catch up to me, and yeah. um, we, I guess I we should mention too, like going going to church when we were in high school and even when we were in college, yep. he would always come with me, but he was never really like fully there. engaged. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a lot of like I was being the mom trying to push him to like pay attention, and yeah. I was super excited, and I just wanted him to be super excited, and yeah. then we would end up usually in a fight. <laughs> yeah, because it would it would normally happen if it was like a, oh if. She she was asking me what I thought of the service and if I just didn't have much to say or if I didn't really remember what was actually talked about then it was just kind of a um like yeah like it was cool it was a good talk and so it was just kind of yeah. that frustration of um me not really there listening and so but it just kind of goes back to the fact that there was so much that I was trying to control for both of us mm-hmm. and or Ryan was trying to control for him and in reality, like God had this all beautifully intertwined and had a timeline for everything. And it just wasn't in our control, but we did, we tried to make it in our control. And every time we did try, yeah. there was always something that held us back and not fully connect or whatever. So, yeah. And, and a lot of us got revealed. So during the season, so Christina and I were engaged, um, you know, talking about what our future would look like and, um, a lot was revealed in me and during that dark time that, uh, you know, I had not only a lot, I accumulated out of credit card debt from purchasing kind of in low moments and just kind of assuming it would be paid off, as well as uh, the reveal of me and my porn addiction. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that this was stuff I was hiding from her, 
um, you know, and hiding from myself. And at this time, I still wouldn't have even interpreted it as a an addiction. Yeah. I just, it was just kind of a, it was like a viewing, just thinking I had full control over if I was watching or. And a lot of it, you didn't even see it being something negative. You yeah. thought that me, every time I caught or found out about it, then it was like, well, you, you would kind of, yeah, you were justifying like all guys do it. And mm. I guess we should also say that we were waiting for marriage. So yep. you're like, you know, yeah. it will be different when we're married. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just, just temporary. It's like, just temporary. And it was big. It was more so like, it was more of you trying to yeah justify it and yeah. make sure that, and it, in my mind, you know, as we were waiting for marriage, I didn't really have a lot of exposure, honestly, no exposure to anything of right. the, of like, sex or intimacy none of that stuff and so to me I was just like well I guess that kind of makes sense and I was making sense mm-hmm. in my mind but really it was just God showing me like girlfriend you gotta you gotta sit down with him and you gotta actually process this I'm trying to give yeah. you all these signals yeah, there, there was there was a lot of sweeping it under the rug per se yeah. uh, not only with just kind of we were just kind of making do like what we needed to do at the time because once again we were still thinking of the social norms of, you know, well, we want to look like that perfect couple. We don't want to, you know, talk about this and have, you know, our relationship look less than in any way. And so it was kind of like, and I, you know, lyingly was just like, uh, if that's a word, uh, was just like, yeah, I'm not going to watch anymore. I told Christina I would stop knowing well in my selfish mode in that dark place that I didn't have an intention to, Yeah. but it was just kind of a thinking of, all right, Ryan, let's just not get caught. Yeah. And I had voiced to him that I didn't want like pornography in our relationship whatsoever. But at this point it was me wanting that and not him bought into that. A lot of the stuff wasn't actually fully addressed properly. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, being 18, 19 years old, um, you know, how really could it be addressed as much as it needed? And this was something that he, we, we have talked to, this is, this is going to be something that we talk pretty heavily on our channel just because it is something that we are just passionate about just the ups and down and also the side effects and the, just how it can really just completely destroy a marriage. Um, and I'm speaking of the porn addiction. And so, Um, but this started for Ryan when he was 13, 12, yeah. right? And so it, it had been something that was part of your life for yeah. years. And, and yeah, and it was a, it was deeply rooted more so than, than he even at the time knew. Yeah, because, you know, it was just something that uh, was brought out to me young and, you know, kind of had situations growing up throughout that, like it would be in my life, but it wasn't like, you know, and every day, every week or every month, it'd just kind of be a once in a while thing. I'd yeah. get in trouble for it and, you know, just wouldn't really think anything of it. And, uh, and that just kind of continued that I just didn't think that it was any yeah. kind of a problem, but just kind of like, oh, I'm just choosing to do this. Like, yep. I can stop and, at any time. And at this point, I'm speaking to my ladies or yeah. whoever the other partner. Obviously, if you found out that, you know, you're engaged to your partner and you just found out that your partner is watching pornography, I would highly advise that you need to stop, pump the brakes and, yep. and talk about it. And you also just need to bring it to the light and mm-hmm. either, and you know, set your boundaries, which we'll talk about a lot of this stuff. But for me, I was more focused on culture's view of marriage yep. than a godly marriage. And I knew that it was, it was weird. Like I wanted both. But mm-hmm. I didn't know I was I was leaning more towards a culture and society's view of marriage yeah. than I was for the idea that God has intended marriage yeah. for. Be- because like caring more about what we thought about what people thought kind of aimed it more towards that societal 
marriage. Yeah. And as well as, by the way, like, you know, sending out a delayed of the marriage, you know, or, or a delay for the wedding yep. is going to be a lot less of a hassle than working f- through the first couple years of your marriage, not yes. knowing this was true. Yes, that's so good. So even though it might feel uncomfortable to say like, hey, we're postponing the, the wedding, um, that will be a lot better overall so you can take this time to really evaluate, you know, what that process, situation in process, what that people. looks like with with your partner, because otherwise that's just going to bleed into the first years of the marriage. And Yeah, which and, we'll talk about. But yeah. the other thing is we were actually meeting with pre-marriage counselors yeah. and um, I, looking back at it, I wish we, we were full, we were all in with our pre-marriage counselors yeah, because Bill and Barb, yeah. amazing. Um, to this day, amazing. We love them so much. Yeah. But when we first started going with them, and I'm sure they saw right through our teeth, their pre-marriage oh, they counselors, had, they, they knew. Had to. They had but to. But we would show up and just be cookie cutter, perfect Christians, yeah, we, we, polished. We knew what we were going to say. We had things... Um, just kind of because we had a lot of sometimes like questions or homework and stuff that we would work through and we would kind of almost pre-communicate with one another kind of like you know what we were thinking of saying and everything because we knew a lot of the stuff that we kept under the rug and uh so we were we were trying to keep it that way and opposed to just being fully transparent and you know having because they were just going to give us the best godly advice for our uh and you know, walk alongside marriage. us yeah. no matter what and give us just that wisdom, that mentorship. And we're so grateful that the, that they're still in our lives today. But yes. um, but yeah, we definitely we definitely just brought forth a very polished version. And so we didn't take full advantage of our pre-marriage counseling and that was mm-hmm. free, provided by our church. Yeah. Um, and so we just really wanted that gold star of, yes, you guys are ready. You can get married. Mm-hmm. And though we read... Uh, we. We did a lot of pre-marriage stuff. Yeah. Um, we read books together. We yeah. obviously met with our mentors every, I think it was every month for a couple, what was that? Yeah. It yeah, was we, half the year. Yeah, we met every month for a while. And and honestly, and, and that stuff, like, there was still a lot of, like, good to it. There was and still good a lot conversations. Of, still a lot of roots that was still implemented to us to this day. But it was just that because we didn't solve the essential yeah, we weren't problem. fully transparent it, about. Yes. We couldn't fully take it in because, like, even though we were, you know, reading things and taking all that in, but we still knew, um, you know, kind of what was underlying a lot of the problems that we knew was there, but we just didn't want to talk about it with anyone. Yeah, and I wanted to just mention too that like Satan, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy, yeah. and every time we had a positive, like, very exciting moment. Mm-hmm. Satan would come and, and try to it. and try to snatch it. Like for when we opened, when we bought our first house, when yeah. you know my graduation, there was all these moments where the sin and addiction of pornography kept coming up. Yeah. And I really truly believe that though that was when Satan was coming in to try to kill, steal, and destroy, God was trying to give us so many slaps on the face mm-hmm. to be like, hey guys, let's sit down, let's settle, pump the brakes, yeah. let's talk about it. Because if you really think about it, he gave us so many Holy Spirit moments yeah. where you guys are not ready yet. It's okay to not be yeah. ready, but and, we just did it our own and way. And as well for, for me, like, because being in those moments, like, there was always that feeling of that, you know, God really just probably wanted to be like, hey, man, like, you're clearly struggling with this. Like, you were just having situation after situation. Tell Christina. You know, yeah. tell, like, Christina, like, you know, either you're going to tell her or I'm going to tell her yeah. is was God's approach to it. And just because, you know, God will always reveal things to the light yeah. um, at some point when it needs to be. 
and he would do it and he just wanted us to you know bring him into the center of it that yeah. like hey like this doesn't have to be your burden put this on me let me help and be with you guys and um because once we put him in like the center that changed a lot of things but at this time uh I wasn't yeah um, I think we were and I I fully wasn't either compared to where we are now I, I think out of the two I was mm-hmm. more spiritually connected like I was I was hungry for the Lord but only about at a 25 percent capacity right yep and so obviously eventually we get married and we did have a long engagement and we did that. We didn't do that to work on our 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 marriage or our pre-marriage stuff. Yeah. We did that because financially and then also with just school and everything. Yeah. So we ended up having a long engagement. I think it ended up being like almost two years. We get married mm-hmm. and you know, after you get married, there's just, it's a highlight reel. You know, everyone is telling you and feeding, feeding your ego. Like you guys are, you have a beautiful marriage that your wedding was so Mm -hmm. cute. And so then you start to say, oh, well, you know, we, we actually aren't that bad. We're not, we're, we are healthy. We are good. Yeah. The, the, you know, the lifting up from outside viewers, which is great. And it's nice to see that people like can see that you're in love, but, um, being in love in, that, in those moments isn't hard. It's just the being yeah. transparent yep. with everything that was going on is what was. It was the, uh, you know, knowing that this addiction was still a part of me. It, you know, carried into our marriage because I never did anything that I truly needed to to uproot it yeah. from the problem. Yeah. I would, you know, it's kind of like weeding that I, would, I wouldn't pull out from the root. Yep. I just kind of just trimmed the top to make it not look as bad. And, and let and the roots still grow. At this time, I didn't think he had an addiction, and I thought that he had this under control. I thought he wasn't watching. I thought he was. I because th- mm-hmm. when he would tell me that he he stopped every time that you know I would catch him or whatever, um, he would tell me that he would stop, and I just chose to believe it. And I would always, I would always guess, or I would always have these feelings that he mm-hmm. wasn't being honest. But also the addiction led to he had a lot of other things that you know with he mentioned kind of like with the credit card debt um, but there was a lot of other things that he without us knowing that it was attached to it until we kind of took a step away from and started to heal Um, but different things like deception and lack of integrity um, Mm -hmm. hiding certain things like little things yep super depressed all these things that we just thought were just something that he had to work through, but it all linked back to pornography. Yeah, it was, um, you know, and we, and these were things, obviously we didn't notice right away. And in that time being, I just thought that. Didn't know they were linked. Yeah, didn't know that they were linked. And if anything, I thought, you know, if anything, I was depressed and there was moments that pornography helped. Yeah. And, you know, because that's what I think a lot of men might say is that like, well, it just kind of helps me in moments. But something that helps you, like, you know, should leave you feeling better than, yep. than, than where you were when you went into it. And, yeah. you know, pornography was just never that thing that, you know, you almost just felt worse. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was, you know, that should have been like a sign. But in those moments, in that dark time, like, you're not thinking that. And you're not yeah. aware of those things. And I will say, too, so after we get married and everything, we obviously go on a honeymoon. The honeymoon was, though we had a really fun time. Yeah. But this part of our marriage was always awkward. Mm-hmm. It was it always was, awkward. I always it was tense. It was tense. I always felt like I wasn't. We weren't 
really together. I always had this in the back of my mind. And he would, you know, assure me, like, no, 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 like, I'm not watching porn, I'm with you. But I, I, ladies, you know, like, I felt like there was more people in the room, and it just felt awkward. And, you know, and in in this moment, it's because, you know, we have, we waited for marriage. And so the only ever thing I had to give me an idea of what this part of our life should look like was pornography. And what did that show me? A performance. It showed me certain things had to happen. It had to be certain ways. And which, you know, if we're honest, like that's just not how a married sex life is, especially because that's something that you develop with one another as you get to know one another mm-hmm. in that realm more. And I kind of went and into it acting yeah. like it was supposed to already be discovered and known. Yeah. You know, and we will how pornography made it. Exactly. Like we will definitely talk about um, intimacy and sex in different podcasts more in depth about what God's intentions are for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when when we when we first got married in the honeymoon and then the years building up to where we're at now, it was more so what can I get out of it right. versus, you know, what are we giving to someone else mm-hmm. to to just be completely vulnerable and open with someone else. And so it was more so like I'm in it for one thing and that's to get what I need out of it. Yeah. So very self and, and that was and that was how it was determined kind of like if it went well. Yeah. Or like how it was. It was just kinda of like if those things didn't happen, then it's gonna be like, well, something must be wrong. Yeah. And didn't see it as just quality intimate time with one another, but as if there was supposed to be a mission. Yeah. That absolutely. Was something was supposed to happen. So not with with the porn addiction as the source of a lot of the toxicity that was brewing in our marriage. Mm-hmm. On top of that, there was a lot of other things that Ryan was not being honest with me about from credit card debt. Yeah to eventually also just some things with gambling as well. All these other little things started popping up and it led to me just feeling way overwhelmed. I didn't know what was, what was truth and what was lies. Yeah. And you know, cause at that time, you know, I was, since I was always good with math and numbers and uh, obviously as married, we, you know, shared a bank account and I was the one who manages the finances and I was the one who kept track of everything. I kind of uh, would tell us, you know, what we had, what we didn't, what we could and couldn't do. And, you know, and she trusted me with that. Yeah. And in those moments, being in a dark place, being in a place where I wasn't even honest with myself, nonetheless, my wife and my partner, it was very easy to let deception seep in. Yeah. Let it seep into, okay, you know, how much are you going to say you mm-hmm. have available? Well, if you get this for yourself, you know, you can still make everything work. There just became like different ways that the devil would try to speak to me of how I could still feed selfish desires and everything. And, you know, my wife's just going to still think the best of me because I gave her no reason not to be um, besides the fact that these were things I was hiding from her. And I was not being honest with her in those moments of, you know, things that were on credit cards or things or how we were doing financially in those times. Yeah. So while this was all happening, I definitely was not a saint as well. I was struggling with a lot of my own personal battles and I, because I didn't feel whole and seen in my marriage, I knew that I would feel I would feel respected, whole, and appreciated, loved on, and it would feed my ego by working 
my butt off. And so what I did is mm-hmm. I spent a lot of my time at my place of work. And though being a workaholic, you know, pays the bills, it's great. I was not doing okay mentally. And so I developed a, I developed a big struggle with anxiety and I was really struggling with just self-worth because I thought like if I wasn't working my butt off, if I wasn't working, you know, overly at my place of work, I actually worked in ministry. Um, I felt like I wasn't worthy of much. And so I spent, that's how I ignored all of the red flags in our marriages. I was like, well, this is feeding my ego and that is not why you do ministry, you know? Um, But I felt like that, you know, I, I feel respected here. I feel loved here. Um, so I can ignore my marriage and just continue to just run at this place of work. Yeah, so. and I th- and I think you know God always gave her a sense of feeling that something wasn't right, and I think there was just a lot of times, um, you know, if we look back over the history, she was just exhausted of trying to bring it up. Yeah, and because yeah. like she knew what she was gonna get from me, that there was a lot of times I was just gonna lie about it. I was gonna try to just cover it up, and you know that gets exhausting. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine what that felt for her. So in those times that, you know, when she could be at a workplace uh, where she was appreciated, people, you know, just told her like how great she was at her job and what she did and the impact she did. Why wouldn't she want to be there opposed to at home where she just felt like she wasn't being told the yeah. truth? She wasn't feeling like she could be vulnerable with me, but she could at work because, you know, there was a there was a higher trust level there. Yeah. And I do think, too, I honestly, feeding my ego was not good. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was making, it was making me come home and just be not a fun person to be around. I was very bossy. And um, as much as I, I'm Latina, (laughs) as much as I love my, I love my Latina roots, we, I feel like that's a whole nother like can of worms to open is that it is socially acceptable to be the man of the house, even though, and Mm -hmm. though we, we definitely, I was, I was definitely wearing the pants. I'll just say it. I was wearing the pants. And so I would, I would tell Ryan what to do, where to go. And he probably just felt like that's how I can be a good husband is making sure I don't push back. And I just do that because I know I'm doing all these other things. Yeah, I was like, as well as that was, you know, a way I think I uh, coped with guilt a lot was feeling bad for all these things is I was like, well, if I can, you know, do these things to, uh, you know, make Christina happy when she's home and to, uh, be sweet in all these different ways where I knew I was lacking and being dishonest, that that was a way I could kind of try to make myself feel better for yeah. still not telling the truth about and it. And I I did not treat you, Ryan, like a husband. And we've talked about this so many times, but I didn't treat him like my husband. He was more so someone serving me mm-hmm. and helping me navigate my things, my schedule. my we, we, weren't, we weren't completely... We were not husband and wife. It we were was roommates. More, we were roommates, yeah. You know, close sometimes, but they always just felt like there was a wall there. They always yeah. felt like there wasn't we that connection. Yeah. And in not that, you know, in society and comparing in comparison is a whole thing, and that wasn't good for us, but um, definitely yeah. we found ourselves looking more yeah. at how other marriages were. And, yeah. And, you know, your own marriage is your marriage and like that it's special and unique in its own way. But we started thinking of like, you know, these people have been married for a couple of years and they're still really happy. Like, why yeah. didn't we feel that? Like it had only been 
a and year, I also year and paid a half atten- too. Yeah, yeah, I also, I did the opposite too. Like I paid attention to couples that we knew that got married around the time we did and that were divorced. Yeah. And I was paying attention to that and be like, well, at least we're not like that. But yeah. in reality, we were just, we just didn't we, discover we just, all the yeah, wrongs. Yeah, we just, yeah. we just ignored it longer. Yeah. Um, so not only did we feel like roommates and we treated each other like roommates, we actually had roommates. It was actually a little bit before the pandemic. Um, yeah, that we was, had, yeah, right. we had, uh, my friends, your friends move in. Yeah. But really, ugh, I just thought of this guys. Like I had this itch. Like we had a couple months where we were just you and I, yep. and all of a sudden I felt that uncomfortable, like that. I saw the things I didn't like. I saw yeah. that I could see the dishonesty and I could see, could feel it I could feel it. And there's nothing in our house when we, it was just him and I to distract me from it. And Mm -hmm. I wasn't ready to open that can of worms. And so then I was like, Hey, what do you think about having these, our, these friends stay with us? Yeah. And you were like thinking of money. You were like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I was (laughs) like, Hey, that's less rent I have to pay. Like, but now if I were to ask you, if I was like, Hey, what do you think of someone? Absolutely (laughs) not. No, we love our home. (laughs) No, I I love being able to just be around with my wife in, (laughs) in my house. But yeah, so we, so they moved in and then a little bit, um, uh, we still had roommates when the pandemic hit. We yep. uh, because yep. we had uh, one same thing. One of my friends and Ed. and uh, Christina's friends living with us, and it was the same kind of thing. That it was just a distraction. That you know that was honestly half of our conversation was you know if we kind of felt a lull in the conversation, it usually brought up something about our roommates, kind of you know how it was living together, or we would all hang out and like watch a movie or do something. Yeah. And what did that do? It just provided a lot of times for us to not address anything of how Christina was feeling. Yeah. It didn't give uh, time for me to sit with, you know, things I'd done or everything just to be like, hey, maybe I should talk about it. Yeah. And in this time, guys, I felt so alone. And I know Ryan felt alone as well. We felt so alone and didn't tell each other. Like, I would tell Ryan that I was not happy. There's been a couple times I would I would just be upset but I couldn't, at this point, I could not find the words to really tell him how hollow I felt in our marriage. And so eventually our roommates moved out, our last set of roommates moved out. Yep. And we, I was working like crazy. I came home and Ryan was here mm-hmm. and I had walked in on him. He had fell asleep but it was when he had watched porn or whatever so I it was still it was still around okay yeah so I walked in and I remember that I was sitting on the the couch up here and I just looked at you and I was I just went in it was ugly I was yelling um I was just I was done I was so frustrated yeah and 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 there was and you could and there was like a sense of even me in that moment of just being like, Ryan, like this is going to be it. If either something has to be done either right now or you might as well walk away uh, from this marriage. And it was literally in this moment and Christina literally had just got done um, talking to me and saying like, I really think you need to have a group to talk to about this and uh, yeah. people in your life. Cause she was like, cause clearly by yourself is getting you nowhere. But even me telling him that, my perfectionism and my anxiety was through the roof, guys. I was so concerned about what if someone that we don't, what if someone told someone that he struggled with pornography? Yeah. Or, you know, what if someone knew that we were having problems in our marriage or whatever? What if it gets around? That was my first thought, more Mm -hmm. so than girlfriend. Your marriage is on fire right now. Yeah. And not in a good way. Yeah. And it was. (laughs) 
And it was in this moment that I received an email from Bill, who was our, our pre-marriage counselor. counselor. And because for the last couple years prior, he always emailed me about a uh, radical men's mentoring group. And yeah. I always had excuses or I was in school, I was working, I was busy. And it was, if I was honest, it was just I didn't want to make those connections to yeah. God like because I still was struggling finding myself with a relationship with God. So it was hard for me to wrap around like, yeah, let me get in this group and have conversations that I'm not going to be a part of. And it was literally in that moment, sitting on the couch talking to Christina, that we got I got that email and it, it was the it, Holy Spirit. It, man. It, it honestly was. And it was just one of those like I have like we both knew just kind of looked at each other knowing like I have to do this. Like I have to, you know, sign up for this to be able to, you know, have these other like men to grow with and talk to about. And yeah. And he so like we mentioned, Bill and Barb. Um, so Barb his Bill's wife actually leads a woman's group. And so after Ryan had said yes, I got a text from Barb and said, hey, because Ryan is doing the men's group, do you want to do the woman's group edition? And I was gung-ho about it because I knew that I needed I needed support too. But in my mind, I was not going to talk about the fact that Ryan had a porn addiction. Right. I was not. I had so much pride, guys. I Because I grew up knowing the Lord and grew up in a very Christian household, I didn't think I had any growing to do. I, I was mm-hmm. pointing all my fingers at Ryan, and I thought he was the one that needed to find the Lord. And I thought, like, it just, that that makes me crazy just saying that, but I literally thought it was all Ryan that needed fixing to yeah. do. Yeah, and, and while, there, while there definitely was, but it was that sense of, um, I think just because since I clearly was, you know, I had a lot to deal with, it was very yeah. easy to look at me and be like, well, He's not close to God. He's struggling with an addiction. He's lying about this and yep. everything. And at this point, we had named that. At this point, we had named it was an addiction. Yeah. We did. We on top of joining these groups, we also started reading books together. Yeah. Um, we read a couple books. I read a book on my own, and then Ryan and I read a book together. A couple books together, and he was telling me like he was feeding, giving me so much lip service, guys. And as I was reading these books. It was almost working against him, and he had no idea. But as I was reading these books, especially the book that I was reading just for me, it was talking about how to how to identify if your partner is um, is using is you know is watching pornography again. And I started to see these characteristics in Ryan, and I thought, well, he's telling me he's not using, and we're, he told me he was being honest, and that this was it, like mm-hmm. we, we turning the new leaf, whatever. But I, as I was reading. I was seeing all these things that the book was telling me to look for. Yeah. And so I kept confronting him and asking him, are you watching pornography? Are you being tempted? And we put blockers on his phone. We had blockers on um, Um, our router. router. Like we put up, we put up parameters to an extent and he would say, yeah, I, I, you know, and I would just look at her in the, in the moment. And at that time, like, um, you know, a lot of times lying just seemed easier than telling the truth. And that's what the enemy wants to tell you and to be there for you is that like, Hey, if you just make a simple lie about this right now, like it's going to go away. Mm-hmm. You can keep kind of feeding into all the things that you want to do opposed to just, yes, telling the truth will never be easy, yeah. but you know, we could have had so many times we could have just had a small conversation. It would have been uncomfortable. It would have hurt a little bit, but we would have been so much better. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is I felt, 
how do I put this? I felt that he, I wanted, I wanted to have those conversations with him, but I also didn't want to be hurt and I didn't want to like touch into, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear all of the things that would hurt me even more. And so I wanted to always have the pride of, I was the stronger one. Um, you know, you're beneath me. Like I, I would tell, (laughs) it's so bad, but I would tell Ryan, like, like you don't even deserve me, bro. Like I'm, I'm all that in a bag of chips. Like I I would really, (laughs) I would really play into that. Yeah. Um, which is kind of just, uh, it's kind of makes my stomach sick that I used to say that. But But anyway, so in, in this, in, 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 if I'm honest, it's just like, you know, so yeah, there was definitely a lot of lip service. There was definitely a lot of uh, just knowing what I felt like I needed to say in these moments, and especially because, like, you know, we had started our groups and we had started uh, just kind of, you know, whether if it was spending more time, like, reading books about God, we were still going to church together, yeah, uh, doing all these things. And so, and like, we had been going to church yeah. prior. It just, we always went. We always did the right things. But yeah. were we doing them together? Were we complete? Were our hearts surrendered? No. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is at this point, guys, if you're listening, you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm pretty sure my husband or my, my wife has a porn addiction. Uh, we we want to talk. We want to talk and navigate all of the things. Like, it's coming, guys. We are going to talk about everything, lay it out. Mm-hmm. But if you are listening at this point, the one thing that you should do if this has happened at this point that we should have done here, but we didn't because we were so consumed with our, our image and what people would think is to talk to people about it. At this point, absolutely, absolutely nobody knew except Ryan and I, and I think his family knew that he had watched porn when he was in his house, yeah. but nobody knew, nobody knew. And I was, I felt so isolated and alone because I couldn't talk to my mom about it. I couldn't talk to my sisters about it. I couldn't talk to my friends about it because I, I was embarrassed, but I also was more so I wanted us to look so perfect and healthy and happy. Mm-hmm. And so I, w- I felt isolated in that as well. Yeah. And, and just that feeling of, we didn't want not only people to know what our problems were, but also to you know, because some people, it was just that feeling of, oh, some people are going to tell us to leave or that, you know, um, so yeah, we just didn't, we just didn't want to bring light to it, uh, in that sense of just, uh, letting others know. But I tell you, we, um, you know, letting people in and just having just, you don't have to, you know, shout it from the mountaintops and tell everyone, but just having like people that are walking that faith walk with you that are in the same journey with you, that they can just be with you. They can support you and feed into you how you need in those moments and be the best support, not just telling you, um, you know, simple things of just like, Oh, you just gotta, you know, move on or anything like that. And we, so we ended up, we'll talk about when that came about, but as we are in our woman and men's group, um, I felt that the Lord was really going to be working on Ryan's heart. Like I mentioned that he had a lot of refining to do on his heart, but Mm -hmm. as we're standing back and reflecting on our groups. We've realized that the Lord was really refining our hearts for our upcoming season. He knew that he needed to have us ready and spiritually ready individually. And what I mean is like, I started to feel my pride hit the floor. I started to really, really work on my pride and my bitterness and it wasn't bitterness that I had. I wasn't working on bitterness that I had towards Ryan. It was more so my other relationships. And I really think God did that in that season with my women's group because he knew that I was going to have a big, 
big, big, um, big thing to forgive Ryan on. And so he was helping me in this season and refining my heart so we could navigate the upcoming season. Mm-hmm. And during the season, I was still a victim um, to my addiction. Now that's not what I portrayed uh, to Christina or to uh, my men's group at that time. You know, I we were going through taking steps and I was still having spiritual growth, not only with uh, with God and with Christina, but I just wasn't fully surrendering. There was still... Um, parts of that addiction that I, you know, the enemy was just continuing to make me think that I needed to hang on to and that, that I needed to just keep to myself and that I didn't want to, you know, let go of fully. And, you know, it was in, Christi- you know, Christina didn't know this. My men's group didn't know it at a time until um, it was revealed one more time um, that, you know, I was still battling with this. I was still in the midst of this addiction and, it was in this moment that uh, Christina and I just kind of had that, you know, realization that this has to be fully surrendered to God. That I clearly, you know, that her and I can't do this by ourselves. I can't do this by myself. And so we just had to um, step into the next season having, you know, just hands fully lifted, just fully surrendering, saying, like, God, we can't do this without you. We we need you in the center of of my life and this addiction in our marriage. And we just had to surrender it. We had to shine every bit of God's light in every shadow and every corner that the devil was trying to hide in my life. After this was revealed, we came back home and I was listening to him for maybe seven minutes and something just switched in me. I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. And my pride started, and ladies, honestly, I had every reason, right? I had every reason to pack my and go. So uh, I went straight to my closet room upstairs. I grabbed a bag. I knew that if I told people that it would hold me accountable to not, because in my mind, staying with someone, if people knew, staying with someone who was addicted to pornography would look bad for me. So I knew if I told somebody I would have to go through with divorce I would leave and we would be done because there's no way we could work through this. There's just absolutely no way. Right. So I would I went into my room. I start packing. I'm calling. I had called my mom twice. She didn't answer, which was unlike of her. I had called my best friend twice, didn't answer, unlike her. And I was so fuming and with rage and all of a sudden in this rage as I'm packing my bag. And I had this bag this bag packed for weeks. For weeks. Um, As I'm packing my bag, I felt like if you've ever cried before, but you're not like you're crying, but you don't have control over it. And also you're not making a noise like you realize, oh, I'm crying. And so I started crying and I just collapsed to the floor in the fetal position. And then I started shouting and I started saying, like, please take this out of my hands. I cannot do this. You cannot have me married to this man anymore like I was Mm -hmm. saying the most horrific things and I was begging pleading to God if he would just release me from this marriage I wasn't asking to fix it I wasn't asking any of those I was just please Lord I just cannot do this anymore I cannot I can't I can't I can't and Ryan was outside of the room I yeah I was out in in the living room and I and I could hear it and I will tell you it was very hard to just not only be sitting around that and 
And hearing that as a husband of knowing that this was, you know, something I was a part of and kind of hearing those raw emotions of it, because a lot of times when we would discuss it prior, I would hear how hurt she was. I wouldn't ever hear or see those raw points. Or if I did, I would, I would ignore them because, you know, in my selfishness, the enemy would just tell me that, you know, just to kind of move on from it. But in that moment, I just really sat with it. And yeah. I was just taking and hearing her that she was just pleading to God in these moments. That Yeah, and I felt in this moment, too, like when I kept saying, I cannot do this. I can't control this anymore. This is too big for me. You gave me way too much, that more than I could handle. And in that moment, I felt God say, you're right. Finally, you don't have to handle this. And I, I shut up, and I was like, what? Excuse me? And he was like, you don't have to handle this. I never asked you to. And I just sat there in silence for a while. I kind of gathered myself, and I felt the Lord tell me to get up and go get my man. So sure enough. Sure enough, I come out, and I'm so, it's weird. I'm pissed. I have tears on my face, but I also knew that I'm not gonna, I need to be obedient in this moment. I go to the living room. Ryan is sitting, like, just petrified. <laughs> like, he was and, pale. And, and in this moment, uh, you know, for the fellows that might experience this or just know that, because uh, I didn't know what was going to happen because yeah. I didn't know that she had this conversation with God and that she had this moment. So she's, like, crying but still angry but then telling me to get up. Yeah, and I, I said, was like, get up. Yeah, it was very forceful, which yeah, was needed. Firm. But, like, it was... <laughs> Just, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, am I going to be okay? Like, who's going to yeah. find the body? I don't know. <laughs> but in this moment, and we went back into that room that she was in, and she told me to kneel. Yep. And in this moment, I, like, I didn't the first time because I was like, did she really just ask me to kneel? <laughs> but, and then in that moment, I just had to just, Surrender. I was just, I was not only just surrendering, but just to do it because, like, you know, it's kind of like Ryan, like, you know, how about you stop thinking of yourself in this marriage and just for yeah. once listen and do this, whatever whatever Christina wants to do in this moment to be a part of that with her. Yep. So I felt the Lord tell me to pray over him. And in this time, we have prayed for each other. We have prayed for each other, but I've never really, maybe once or twice, I've never really put my hands on Ryan and really prayed in the spirit. Yeah. And I had actually um, unleashed, unleashed. I had actually like... Uh, for the first time this year, I had this year of when this all was happening, I had spoken tongues for the first time and started praying in tongues for the first time. And so I had never prayed in tongues in front of Ryan ever. But anyway, I, I told him to kneel. I put my hands on him and I began praying in the spirit. And first off, as soon as she put her hand on me, yeah, immediately just yeah. started crying. Like it was like, just, it, yeah, yep. it was, and it was just like a feeling a like it, 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 was, it wasn't like I felt the tears or anything brewing mm -hmm. when I, you know, when we first went in there. Um, it was just like as soon as she touched, it was just like I just felt this release, just this feeling that it's like you could just let go. It was a Holy Spirit cry. If you got, if you guys ever been at church <laughs> and that song, your, your one song comes on, and then all of a sudden you're like, I ain't gonna cry, I ain't gonna cry, but then the 
then the Holy Spirit hits you and all of a sudden you're on the floor kneeling, crying. That was the that was the type of tears. For him and I, we both had like, you know, it was nasty, guys. We had snot running down our faces. And I just kept I kept chanting, like, this is not your domain anymore. Satan, I was, I was, I was talking directly to Satan. I was telling him to get out of my house, get out of my marriage. Get leave Ryan alone to back the. I was screaming, guys. Like yeah. I was chanting all of these things, and I was uh, claiming the truths over our marriage. And I had put, I had told Ryan that, um, and, uh, I had t- kept telling Ryan that, you know what? I I can feel that Jesus is with us right now. Yeah. I physically felt His presence. Like I felt, I felt Jesus hug us, and I felt like every time I opened my eyes, the room was way, way, way too bright. And I felt like I was not, and it was so weird, guys. It was a very, it was the Holy Spirit for sure. So prayed over Ryan. After that, we kind of just like took a second and uh, wiped our tears away and just looked at each other. And we were like, all right, here we go. Came and we started talking. And the next thing we did is we had to set boundaries, which again, we'll talk about what this all looked like. But we just wanted you guys to know just a bit of it. But from there, we decided that we, after doing a lot of research, um, we decided that this was going to look different. If we were going to yep. do this, we were going to walk this, walk through the fire together, that it had to look a lot different. Our image no longer cared about anymore. We couldn't. Yep. We could not. We had to surrender that. So first step, we had to surrender our marriage. We had to surrender our finances because they were, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they were yeah. not good. And we had to surrender what everyone would think about us. Um, and we decided to follow the 90 days approach. And if you're not familiar with that, we are going to be talking about that in an upcoming episode. Um, but in that process of doing 90 days, we both told three people. Yeah. One person was a friend. One person was a, me- was a mentor. And then what's the third one? Accountability? Yeah. Yeah. An accountability person. And, but, or essentially it's just, you know, just having those three close people walking that same walk with you and as well, just knowing that they're there to support you and that they're going to feed into you, mm-hmm. um, of what you need in this time. They're not yeah. going to give you answers that, you know, maybe selfish you wants to hear that they're just going to walk with you. They're going to ask you, you know, what, what do you know, you how need from, yeah, how can week? they can be praying for you? And what do we need from them? Yeah. I'm telling you guys, telling these three people felt like the end of the world. We both, every time we told so one of these anxiety. three, yeah, we felt so sick to our stomachs. We, there were so many times we were like, should we do this? I don't know if we should tell them. We yeah. can just handle it on our own. But then I kept remembering that God told me, no, do it my way. You couldn't do it. You asked yep. for my help. And so I knew that I had to completely surrender to this. So every time we told someone, Oh my gosh. It, it was so much freedom. Yeah. And also just, I, I have to like think like if someone told me all of this, obviously now I would have been like, I've been like, Oh girl, whatever you need. But I, I just, you know, thinking of all the people, the three people we told just how much grace they gave us, how much love they yeah, gave us. Like they the, just were the, cheering for us. The, the responses from it. And because like, you know, especially when you're going through it and you know, it just being Christina and I handling it for so long, that we just felt like, oh man, like, you know, what are people going to think? And that was just so much what we thought. But that and, was and all And people the were enemy. just yeah. so, you know, compassionate, how like, you know, trying to just, you know, really feed into like helping us get to the root of it, not just trying to, 
you know, cover something over it and being like, oh, you guys will be fine. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and just really feeding into that and um, just really being understanding of it. And I think that was just really, that was God's grace in those moments. And honestly, we still talk to those three people because they are, man, we we wouldn't, pillar, we would not been able to navigate this without those people. They were the breakthrough for a lot of the freedom that we saw later. Um, yeah. This was just the, that was just the beginning of it. And we're, we're just internally grateful to them for that. So in addition to the 90 days and um, to the three people, we also set a boundary that we needed to pray together. Yeah. We needed to pray together, be transparent while we were praying. So that meant that if Ryan was struggling, struggling with lust, that he needed to communicate that with me, communicate that with me. Or if I was bitter or if I was yeah. upset about something that when we prayed that it was full vulnerability, authenticity, transparent. And we prayed in the morning together in the afternoon and sometimes three to four times throughout the day to get us yeah. through the days. And we just took it week by week. It started hour by hour, then yeah. day by day, then week by week. And 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 it was in like those first weeks, first months, we, they were, it was not comfortable. No, um, it wasn't. <laughs> and like, that's just us being transparent and honest. And like, you cut the tension with a knife. And because like, look, like we. There was one time, we, can I say it? Can I say shit, it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So it was, it was when, cause we would have whenever we, it was part of the transparency boundary yeah. line. Whenever there was something, um, we would just, we would address it right then and there, unless yeah. we needed some time to step away and then come back. But we had to talk about it. One of these times I was listening to something that Ryan had told was confessing. I don't remember what it was about. I think it was about the money. Um, it, it, was, moment, it was after we sat down and laid out everything. This, yes. was, this was after we. It was, yeah, I, I everything. Brought, I brought, because we sat down and was like, we need to know everything. So yeah. every little thing came out that we talked about. Yep. So he, I was silent and being, me being silent is not, not a good sign. Well, it's no. not a good sign and it doesn't, it rarely happens. I'm usually yeah. very like, I will, I'm in the moment. I will, I will speak my mind. I was silent and I was silent because, <laughs> and he asked me, <laughs> he was like, um, so what are you thinking? And I was like, honestly, I need you to not talk to me, not look at me and step away from me. Cause all I'm thinking of is grabbing a knife and stabbing you. And uh, she had a knife in her hand at this time. I was chopping vegetables, so he was like, eat. So, yeah, it's, if that doesn't show you guys that we were we were going so through it. <laughs> th- th- there was definitely those times, and, and it's going to be that way because, like, you, one, you're practicing, like, for me, I was practicing things that I had never done. That, yeah, you know, completely it's like, you know, sharing things. I yeah. was never completely transparent to, you know, because it's, you know, and it was hard to do it, but it was needed to be able to, you know, talk to her and be like, I struggled with this today. Yeah. And because like, you know, and just to have that, you know, conversation with her to welcome her a part of that, to be transparent with her and to kind of reassure her that I'm going to be honest in this, that I'm not looking to hide or lie about. And though when he would like, for example, if he would say, Hey, I struggled with lust today, this is how, or Hey, I had an urge today, but obviously could not do anything about it. Whatever, whatever he, he had come forth with. Yes, it was very hard, and I would get incredibly, like, I would crumble a little bit. But also it was so, for a man listening to this, it was also very, very, I needed to hear it. And I felt, 
like I could trust him more, strangely, because I knew that he was coming to me with everything and telling me, so then we could navigate and, and armor up together with that, mm-hmm. rather than him think, him trying to hide it from me to protect his selfish desires, mm-hmm. but also thinking that he was strangely protecting my feelings, when really... That's not your. That's not in yeah. your power to no. deem what I can and cannot deal with. And, and so especially, it's like you know, in in those first couple of weeks, you have to be transparent because guess what? Even if you try to say like, "Oh, I'm good, everything's yeah, great," it's like, like BS, that, bro. Yeah, that's a bunch of it's BS. Day three, you ain't like, good. It's just like <laughs> you just did this like last Tuesday. There ain't. There's no way. There's no way that you're like suddenly all good and clear. So it's yeah. just, so just being that transparent and being open in those times because it does yeah. get better. But just like a lot of things, you have to work through it. Yeah. So we ended up actually telling our, um, he, he told his, his men's group and I actually told someone from my women's group, a couple people from my women's group. And that really helped us because then our last couple months of, in our groups, they actually were able to seed into us, um, individually in those areas. They knew mm-hmm. everything. And that was like really the first time in, uh, outside of those three people that we were able to share our testimony and receive love, receive grace, receive prayer. Yeah. When people knew about it and were praying about it, man, things were changing. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was a big breakthrough for us. And just to see Ryan walk with freedom from it, yeah. He started to have some pep in his step. Yeah, and, and there was a difference because in my men's group, the first couple of months, I when I told my testimony and that, you know, that was something I battled with, I made it seem like I won and that I'm past that now. But then to, you know, be honest and transparent with them, to be like, hey, uh, this kind of came up again. And yeah. to be open with that, it gave me a new sense of feeling of being completely honest because at that moment, that was everything I had. Yeah. Like when me and Christina walked through that and talking to my men's group, everything that I had been hiding was revealed. Yeah. So I could now simply just take in all of God's grace, all of yeah. God's teaching and how he wanted to pour into me through those men. In that and group. I truly too, like I'll just say this too, our, though this was one of the deepest pains that I have been through and I yeah. know that he has been through, and um, we found that there were so many things that Satan was trying to use this year to derail us from this freedom. So there was also the crucial time of when my dad passed away is about that time was during the 90-day reset that we were doing. And it was around mm-hmm. uh, a key time of the recovery from the addiction and just where we were at. And that was really just kind of a make it or break it point. Uh, that I thought, because it was one of those that, you know, was doing so well, was um, going through that. And I think, you know, even though my God, even though my dad, like, had been sick for a while, but that was, I think, you know, the devil as well, kind of using it as like a, hey, like, you know, this might push him over to be like, you know, just give into your selfishness, give into you have every things. reason to you have every reason. Yeah. You know, no one's going to, you know, no one would say anything less because, Oh, your dad just passed away. And that would have just completely destroyed all the work that we put in. And I put in for the, you know, that 90 day reset and restarting, um, and, you know, recommitting to our marriage. Yeah. But like also to sit with Ryan through that grief process, Ooh. like I've never, seen him so present and so it's so crazy is when someone you really don't know how to like 
no one teaches you how to come alongside your partner when they're mm-hmm. grieving their, the loss of their parent. But to see how present Ryan was with like your emotions and with just being going with the ups and downs. Like I knew in that moment, like I was, I, that bought me in as strange as that sounds, but like that was the first time that I really, really saw like you were like being your raw authentic self and you Mm -hmm. weren't worried about trying to like hide this or pretend that everything, you know what I mean? Like you were just raw. And I think, you know, it was in that time it was God speaking to me of, because I had been so open and transparent that, it was as much as, you know, the enemy wanted me to go back to hiding it and yeah. living in secrets that, you know, I just felt God being like, you know, why are you going to turn away from that now? Yeah. That yep. just kind of like, you know, just keep being open because not only it helped, you know, stay along that path that we were on, but as well as I think that made the grieving of my dad um, a lot easier. Like it obviously still hurt and it still yeah, had its absolutely. days, but I think it helped me transition through it yes a lot better yeah. than it would have been if I just you know bottled it up a bit more and didn't talk about it yeah so after after we got through that heavy time it was about like three to four more heavy weeks obviously because of Ryan's mm-hmm. dad passing but and we were kind of entering out of the 90 days at this point and that's when we started to feel like the weeks were getting a little bit lighter. Like Absolutely, we we yeah. started, it wasn't as, the tension wasn't as thick. Mm-hmm. And we started to feel hopeful again. We were excited again. Um, and so it, it was just like you could start to see that like there was there was better that was coming. And we just talked about this today. Like, yep. man, there's still better that's coming. There's still so much good that's coming. And so we we actually had a pretty deep conversation where we were sitting right here on this bench. Yep. What did I tell you? Um, yeah, so we just had a talk and because you know, we were and we were just talking about us being vulnerable with one another and you know, I will never forget sitting on this bench. It was it was dark mm-hmm. and uh, like and it was Christina, physically dark in yeah, the room. Yeah, it, it was it was physically dark in the room as well as outside and Christina, she just kind of started crying a little bit, and she was just like, I just think I'm being called to women's ministry. And, like, in that moment, I could just heal, like, I could just feel and hear her heart breaking for, like, women in that that moment, that it was kind of like her feeling and calling that, you know, that this was something she wanted to do. Yeah. And that was something that we decided we had to pray on. Yeah, like I felt like this transition from like me feeling all this pain and hurt mm-hmm. to now I was starting to feel all this pain and hurt for other women who weren't able to navigate this or have someone to talk to or have um, the the 90 days or to have those mentors, those people, those three people to talk to about it. And that's when I started my passion just completely switched. Mm-hmm. And, and, go and, on. and uh, at that time too, and you know, and... Christine and I have always talked about doing a kind of podcast. We've always, we never knew what it would be about. And, you know, just in this moment, we eventually kind of started thinking like, you know, maybe it'd be a marriage one and we just kind of talk about us and our story and how God's worked through us. And uh, literally after she said that and we like kind of brought up the idea of a podcast, just in an instant, like one of those moments that it it had to be God sending it to me because like I couldn't, like I get creative blocks where I can't think <laughs> of something for a while. So it was just immediately we thought of the name um, 
two sages. You thought of the name, yeah. Yeah, two sages and a burning bush mm-hmm. and everything because we just figured of just like, you know, God was a burning bush speaking and that like, you know, how that would be through us. And we eventually obviously worked with the name a little bit and but it just yeah, it we, really kind of lighted the fire that this exactly. was something we wanted to do though and the picture behind the fire I think that's kind of what we kept going back to was that through this whole process we kept saying that we are going to be walking through the fire not side by side mm-hmm. not one back. not one in front of the other but back to back with Christ in the center mm-hmm. and that's exactly what we've been doing this entire time and we're going to continue even when all this better comes. We are yeah. going to continue to be a fully armored marriage, because, burning for marriage. Because the enemy will always come just as hard, if not harder, when times are good. Because yeah. you might not expect it. You might not. You might think you're okay in this season, and we just want to never. Yeah, have our. You know, gu- we don't want to. We, we don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Have our guards down. And so God just kind of gave us this margin. He presented me this invitation of Christina. Mm-hmm. If you are willing, I'm. I love you if you say no. But if you're willing and you want to jump into women's ministry, this is the season too. And so shortly after, after mm-hmm. talking to Ryan, we prayed about it and we felt that God was releasing me from my place of work which provided us margin to do this very podcast. And it's so crazy that things happened so quickly after leaving my job Mm -hmm. because it allowed me all this margin to just sit with God. It allowed me time to actually be home and just be with Ryan. So we could not only work on our marriage, but we could also just work for God's kingdom by, you know, preparing for this podcast. Yeah, and, And speaking into that, that it was really a time of, you know, we often, I think, in today's world, we like to think of, you know, God as plan B yeah. and our ideas as plan A. And this was just a moment that we had to be like, all right, like, we just, this is, if this yep. is God's plan, like, for her, like, I was like, we just had to submit. Because, like, you know, there was a flesh part of me that yeah. was saying, like, yo, man, she about to quit her <laughs> job. Like, I was saying that, too, man. And we, we were, <laughs> but we were both just like, are we sure about this? But, like, you, you know. Are you sure but, this was your plan A? But at the, at the same time, we just had to, there was just also something in me that was just, like, like telling me to just maybe be, yeah. just to be with her. Just to be because that she was being led by something mm-hmm. that I wasn't hearing, but she was. Yeah. And so I had to trust in that. And so it was to just be like, okay. Yeah. And just to know that, you know, in that moment, God was planning. Yeah. Nothing that I made up, nothing that yeah. we sat down and wrote out a, you know, five year plan. It's like, no, this was God's plan on a day after work yeah. that she just felt called to. So today we are at 37 weeks, um, yep. 37 weeks free and, you know, left my job. We are, yep. we are walking towards financial peace every yep. day. And it's, it, that part blows our mind. Yeah, no, that, that we, that, that's probably a daily topic. We yeah, talk about. Like just today we were able to pay our bills for the future month that mm-hmm. the month hasn't even started. Like, and that, that's nothing short of God. And so yeah. we just have so much passion to just, just really lean into this time that we have with God to just, mm-hmm. Just be in a place to receive so we can pour out to you guys, pour out to young marriages. So that is our story. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. And you'll get to know more about us as we go through, as that's just our story up to this point. And we look forward to continuing to grow and talk with you guys. 
Also, make sure to find us on our Facebook page, Burning for Marriage. In addition to posting our podcast, we'll also have daily content posts over there about marriage, God, all the things. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, so go check us out on Facebook, and our podcast will release every Wednesday at noon. Bye, guys. Bye.